Broadsheet Radio. Welcome to another episode of Shared History. We share for you. What is that? I mean, (laughs) other than fully accurate. I've been getting into succession and the like horrible Fox News-ish network that they have their... Oh, that's their tagline? We hear for you. Oh, I hate that more. I like the the shared history version of it a lot more. Uh, don't at me. I've only watched the pilot of Succession. I intend to watch more. I'm just overwhelmed by any show that has multiple seasons that I haven't been with since the beginning and or isn't already done. And that's where I see It's a lot. Yeah, but Brian Cox is a god. Well, uh, yeah. And give me some, give me some Culkin. Uh, (laughs) that's... It's not about him. It should be, but it's not. It's not about today's him. episode. Uh, today's guest is no. What if? What if just? What if we just had a? What if we just had Kieran Culkin on just out of nowhere? I've really <laughs> set the bar high, and I apologize now for to our guest. Uh, I'm be disappointed. Don't, don't you recognize that voice? It's the voice of Kieran Culkin. Um, no, no, no. Our guest today does work in TV and film, and is a full-time DJ. But he lovingly refers to himself as a jackass of all trades, and I lovingly refer to him as a meme lord, because boy, does he post the best memes on Instagram. I have probably sent, forwarded them to Cass on number, numerous occasions. <laughs> Most recently, he started another journey as a co-owner of The Brood, a coffee shop in Chicago's Avondale neighborhood, alongside the good people from Brick a Breck. Records, I believe at the time that this will be releasing, it should be opening very, very, very soon after this episode drops or around the same time. So, well, timing wizards. Nice. He's also dope as hell. It's Jason Deichler. Yay. Sorry, I'm not Kieran Culkin, but hello. Thank, <laughs> Wait, thank you. Thank you for having me. We forgive you. Is that how you walk into every room? Like, hey guys, sorry, I'm not Kieran Culkin. Yeah. <laughs> you were hoping for Macaulay. I'm not even caring, but here you go. Here we are. <laughs> Does I feel like in 2021 nobody's hoping for Macaulay anymore? Is, Macaulay isn't he on the new season of uh, American History? Or well, not American History? Uh, American Horror Story? Isn't he on that new season? Oh, I think I could be wrong. All I don't know. You like the spook, Jason? You like the spooky ookies more than I do. I do. I do enjoy the horror. I'm not, but yeah. I'm not a big American. Uh, horror fan that that show just first two seasons are great and then it kind of just lost my interest i i've heard that the first season is like amazing and i started to watch it and then i was like too scary (laughs) i just i'm a big old i'm a big old baby it's a big old baby i am baby (laughs) jason thank you for joining us thanks for uh (laughs) dealing with just me and my existence uh in the time that we We've known each other. And I have a question for you. Tell us your feelings on history in general. 
Very broad question. That's a yeah, very broad question. Uh, history, I, I feel, is a, a great thing. Um, most people don't tend Hot at least takes. most most recently, <laughs> most people don't really tend to pay attention to it or look back at it at all, and we just keep repeating things as a well. We, when we go into my topic of the, the day, we'll, we're clearly repeating that all over again. Oh no! <laughs> um, did you did you like history in school, or did you have like a complicated relationship with it, or were you like fuck this? I want to go to art class. Uh, I, I liked history in school, um, history and social studies, both fine subjects. Uh, I didn't care for the you know being forced to take like a constitution test and all that stuff, but I get that now that I'm an adult, I understand that that was an important thing. I feel like I didn't retain. I took government as a in summer school. It was a required class. I took it in summer school. It sounds like a terrible I, summer school choice. Yeah, it would have been worse <laughs> if I had to be in it for a whole semester. Like getting it done in like under ten weeks was uh, the, definitely the way to do it. But I retained nothing at all. I did make a really dope ass video for my final project. That is the only thing productive that occurred in that entire class, in my mind. Um, but I don't think I ever <laughs> took a constitution test. Cass, did you ever have to take, like, a constitution test? Yeah. Again, don't retain a lot of the specific... I think it was, like, questions about amendments mm -hmm. and... Yeah, we basically... I remember... Yeah, it was about the amendments and knowing what they are. Yeah, I remember definitely having a test on, like, the Bill of Rights. <laughs> It, it happened in eighth grade for for us. That's like it was like a, you, you had to pass the test in order to pass eighth grade. You know what I remember from my eighth grade American history class? A day that we spent in class, literally just watching the music video to "We Didn't Start the Fire" on repeat, and wow. we got extra credit for the amount of things that the amount of things mentioned in lyrics that we could catch, um, and that we knew what they were a reference to. And I think we got to look some things up. I think maybe it was like, come back tomorrow. And for everything that you remembered that you looked up, you get extra credit. So pretty much your teacher was hung over and didn't prepare class. <laughs> God, I hope so. It was a, it was like a, a very near retirement uh, little old lady. So I hope she was hung over. Like, I hope that she went wild on a Tuesday and was like, you know what? Tomorrow's Billy Joel day. <laughs> I know so many teachers and like knowing the people who I know who are teachers and just what their lives are like, just thinking about all the teachers I had, like y'all were going out every night to just forget everything that happened during the day. <laughs> yeah. Much respect for teachers then Definitely. and now. Much respect for teachers who had to put up with me for sure. Uh, and then the teachers of today who have to put up with me as a friend. Um, both of these things are admirable. <laughs> Jason, what about uh, so we we like to ask our we like to ask our guests and each other, um, what is what's a discovery that we can misattribute to you? Like Henry Ford getting all the credit for the automobile when the actual inventor was Carl Benz. What's what's something that you want to claim as your own? Um, I'm currently really enjoying these uh, Reese's Pieces big cups that have pretzels in them. What? Yeah, yeah. This is a podcast. I'm showing a visual thing, but you know. Podcasts are a visual medium. Oh my god. Can you can you give us some ASMR <laughs> like 
crunch into that into the mic that looks majestic yeah. unless it's not it, open it is it is not open right now it's it's being held off for something for later purposes but it's okay. a it's a it's a it's a fine thing so i will i will claim those there's pretzel pieces in it yeah because i've had the i've had the reese's cups that have like the reese's pieces in it and i did not care for those but i'd fuck with some pretzels yeah these have pretzels in them so it hits all my, oh my hits God. all the right spots. You get peanut butter, chocolate, and then pretzel. It's perfect. Guys, this concludes this episode of Shared History. <laughs> I have to run to the Seven Eleven down the street. <laughs> Natalie, this is probably the one of the most groundbreaking Earth discoveries shattering. we've had on the pod to date. I clutched my pearls. Brought to us and to you, world. Wow. wow. Really, Jason doing the most scientific <laughs> research and invention that we could have possibly hoped. We've all learned a lot, and I am amending my shopping list accordingly. And you yeah. all should, too. Definitely get into those. Cause I, don't want, I don't want them to go away, so everyone should go out and buy them, cause a panic and rush for them, so they don't go away. Yeah, so the folks at Reese's can, can see that they should make it a constant thing and not one of those stupid i hate when there's like something wonderful and it's like mm -mm, we're a limited time like every yeah, exactly. fucking amazing mcflurry flavor at mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> bring back the rollo mcflurry or the stroopwaffle mcflurry you cowards bring back the butterfinger mcflurry <laughs> this yeah. is a mcflurry podcast <laughs> i don't go into mcdonald's why is why is butterfinger not a mainstay i don't know it's so good I think it's like uh, they have to like pay money to use Butterfinger properly. That's why you always go to places and you always like they have Heath Bar instead, and you're like, come on, it's not the same thing. I mean, I do love Heath Bar. It's not the same as I would never put them together. I and I don't think I discovered the joy of a Butterfinger until I was much older because I grew up as an 80 year old man, so I was on Team Heath Bar uh, at a young age. <laughs> Heath Bars and Werthers. I fucking love Werthers. I was just gonna say, I love Werthers. Natalie, reach into your pocket right now. Do you have any tissues on you? Uh, always. I. Oh my gosh, I actually don't. There's uh, a lot of tissues and Werthers in the other pocket. Uh, I also was the kid who liked almond joys, and I don't. I don't have any regrets. I fell in love with uh, dark chocolate and coconut. As a youth, I didn't need to wait for my palate to mature. Deal Almond with joys it. have nuts. Mounds don't. I'll eat both. I, I'm a I'm a Mounds fan over an Almond Joy fan, but that's just a personal preference. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, listeners, you can't see this, but Jason promised us that his dog would make an appearance in the background, and I just spotted the dog for the first time, and I'm very happy about it. Moving <laughs> on. I saw him two seconds ago when only his little butt was peeking out. That was fun for Podcasting me. is a visual medium. <laughs> it is a... Uh, I'm such an 80-year-old woman. My friend sent me a picture of his dog, and it was, like, looking away from him, and he was like, oh, look, my dog's doing something. He's barking at something funny. And I was like, I'm not even paying attention that it's cute little butt cheeks. Just like, I just want to squeeze them. Just like, a, just like an old grandma. I have pinched my dog's... Is that not a I've grandma thing? I've pinched my dog's butt so much <laughs> that it no longer phases him. Wow. It's well, because so like you cute. like you know the little cinnamon rolls. It's like with like the little colics on either yes. cheek. So whenever Boar walked by, I would grab, I would like pinch just the cinnamon roll, and I'd be like cinnamon roll, and he hated it. <laughs> and now he doesn't even react, and that's evolution, ladies and gentlemen. 
Allegedly. 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 That's the theory of evolution. Um, it's just a theory. Just one that we've just we've just been throwing it around. Toying mm-hmm. around with. This isn't a science podcast, as you can tell. It's a history <laughs> podcast. Thank God. And Jason, I know that you have brought us some history today. What have you brought for us? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to attempt to uh, tell... Uh... It's somewhat history story of uh, the satanic panic that led into the eight, into the <gasps> late seventies or kind of mid seventies to the eighties, and then into the nineties a little bit. I I don't always know what our guests have to bring for us, but I did know this one, and I would like to point out that in Jason's email, <laughs> he he said I could also talk about the satanic panic for a while. I'm a I was a weird kid. <laughs> <laughs> Am I gonna have scary dreams? Cause I'm a wuss could, with anything. Could get scary. could get a little uh, could a little, little weird, a little dark. It's very possible. Perfect. I feel like the satanic. From what I know about the satanic panic, is more just like less actual, like spooky, scary, more mm-hmm. propaganda, government bullshit. Yeah, it's it's most less satanic, more panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty much like. 85 90% <laughs> panic and then 10% like things happened that were loosely associated with satan but you know not Just a really a dash of satan yeah a sprinkling uh well take us in let's get on the all board the history machine when are we where are we all right we're going we're going to start off in the the late 60s kind of the, the end of the summer of love it's kind of fading away and uh, you know, hippies have done their thing. They've they've preached and all this fun stuff. And then you have a, a hippie turned cult leader Charles Manson and his his gang of people kind of come in and uh, take all that love away. And then they do the terrible Sharon Tate murders and a bunch of other terrible crimes. And then from there, you get uh, kind of a rise of fundamental churches and Christian stuff. So you get like Jerry Falwell becomes a a good exciting person, and you get uh, Ro- Pat Robertson or yeah Pat Robertson. And uh, yeah, they, they, that fundamental church starts to rise again and kind of uh, start making claims about s- satanic practices and the, the death of uh, America's core values and you know all that kind of stuff we're sort of seeing again today. Hey, it's one thing that the millennials aren't being blamed for killing. Yeah. Until until we are. Question about Charles Manson: Was did he ever say? Was it ever? actually explicitly from him or any of his followers anything related to like satanism no um it was just what more of layered on top of yeah it was just kind of layered on top of their 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 heinous crimes and then you know satan got kind of thrown into the mix and i think they just kind of like sure let's just roll with that and kind of just add it to our crazy story yeah okay yeah i wasn't sure if they if they had ever been like well the devil made me do it or no okay no, it was all, all like all the people who committed all, most of the murders all claim that Charlie told them to do it, and that's kind of the thing. And he's never ever like he did carve a you know swastika in his head because he's a terrible racist, but he's never claimed Satan as a, a person for pushing him to do it. Okay. Yeah. He's his own awful human being. Yeah, he's a terrible human being. <laughs> all on his own, no help from others. Yeah. Except for all of the people who he. And that one Beach Boy who brought him over to his house so they could do, record songs together. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, that's yeah. right. That's a that's a thing we all kind of collectively forget. Okay, so so the hippies are out. 
and we're in, instead of peace and love, we love Satan. Yeah, so like, you know, the hippies are doing their kind of thing, and it becomes like you know, they they weren't called liberals at that time, but you know, they're kind of like against the core American values that someone has decided that that's America's core values. It's always a thing that happens. We we love to do that. We love to pretend that they've been our core values for forever and that we aren't just uh, labeling them and making them up right now for our current purposes and agenda. Yeah, we, we you know, our, the founders of America left a, a country to get away to from yeah. people forcing values on them and then we uh, force values again. Oh man, take a drink anytime someone's like, our founding fathers... <laughs> we- Thought we'd be way. as drunk as many of our founding Literally fathers were all of the time <laughs> you'd be as drunk <laughs> as ben franklin time. exactly so you have you have uh these fundamental kind of church groups and that kind of core family family values kind of re-emerging being put back in the, the public light and then uh the kind of the first big kicking off point for the um satanic panic was uh there was a guy named uh mike warnke who was uh I guess you could call him a stand-up comedian. Oh <laughs> but no! But uh, yeah, he's he was kind of like a like a sort of a Jeff Foxworthy sort of just kind of like told stories, and then it was like I'm a, a redneck or whatever you know that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he's uh, he's from Evansville, Indiana. But he, either way, he writes a book called Satan's Cellar about how he uh, had repressed memories about growing up in a cult, and he was like a, a a giant satanist, and he's like committed murders and all this sort of stuff. And this this tell-all book comes out, and uh kind of church crowd just latches onto this book and like they, they take it as like as gospel word and like it's it's never fact checked because this is like 1972-ish I think I think when the book came out 1972 I was correct the Satan seller comes out and it's this you know a smash hit and everyone's reading it and everyone's kind of clamoring it and he starts becoming like the, everyone's booking him for, for talk shows and like news programs speaking out about Satan and how like there's these cults in California and all over the place and like they're they're killing babies and all this terrible, terrible stuff, which would later in, in the early '90s, um, uh, an actual um, uh, fundamentalist like newspaper like went back and fact checked everything, and they're like, "Oh, this was all just made up. There's no proof that any of this ever happened. Like, all his dates don't match. Like, he, there's pictures of him in other places and all this sort of fun stuff." So he was oh, just kind of like, "We got a real million little pieces situation going on." Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, so that, that's Mark Warren, Mike Warnke. Um, he Satan Sellers his book, and he just kind of just kind of goes off of that, and he's doing all these sort of speeches and all this sort of fun stuff. Um, yeah, so then around that same time, you get um, David Berkowitz appears, the son of Sam, who's uh, you know we've all pretty much known him, or he's also known as the Forty Four Killer. Uh, he he claims that a dog is talking to him and telling him to kill people, and eventually starts to cite Satan as a, a motivation for his uh, his killings. So that doesn't help the the cause. That sends more people into more of a satanic panic. I always loved his story because in my head, the first time I heard it, it sounded like he meant to say from the outset that the devil made him do it, but it was like he texted it to a friend and it autocorrected to the dog. Uh-huh. Uh, and I know that like we don't have text, but it's just like that the dog thing feels, I guess like hellhounds and whatnot, but the dog thing feels so left of center and then course correct like but like the message originated from the devil yeah so like this feels very crucibly which like if i were to say like do something really bad and be like you guys the devil made me do it be like cast shut up you fucked up mm-hmm. all right 
go lay low or you're done. Like, how does the devil excuse, like, really fly? All right. Like, do you just have to really believe it or? So, also at the same time, you have in uh, 1968, um, Rosemary's Baby comes out. And then 1973, The Exorcist comes out. And then I think, and then a few years after that, you get the Omen. So I guess there, prior to the Omen, or sorry, prior to before the Exorcist and um, Rosemary's Baby coming out, like thirty feet, like the population was like thirty-five percent of the American population believes in the devil. Like it's just kind of like whatever. That's a crazy idea. And then those two movies come out, and all of a sudden, like I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but uh, it's a pretty like huge jump. People like are all of a sudden like, wow, the devil is real. I've seen these movies. Like exorcism start going up in America. And so it's directly related to pop culture, which is crazy that people weren't like, well, I, I watched this movie. That feels on brand, though, yeah. for for us as a culture and also for that time. Mm -hmm. Movies are real. Yeah, movies are definitely real. <laughs> Tom Hanks sent, spent a lot of time on an island by himself. And he and Meg Ryan are married like seven times over. I wouldn't be mad about that yeah. one. And then, uh, so, you know, we're kind of traveling into the, you know, go past all the devil movies, and then people are, you know, believing in the devil again, and then you get Son of Sam, and then you get Richard Ramirez a little bit later on, who also starts claiming the devil made him do all these terrible murders and stuff. So that adds to more panic. And then uh, I'm, I'm based in, I live in Chicago. I grew up most of my life in, actually grew up, just sorry. I don't want the internet to yell at me. I grew up in Oak Park, just next to Chicago. Literally, <laughs> literally can walk like a half mile and be in Chicago, but it's cool. I get it. Both the blue line and the green line ended my neighborhood. <laughs> you will but, be attacked by the internet. Anyone, yeah. you will get fact checked, and they'll be like, mm, "Jason City grew up in Chicago, and that's Oak Park." Uh, so yeah, so in Chicago, we had a a group of uh, really really terrible humans uh, who went under. They they got dubbed the Chicago Rippers or the Ripper Crew by the media, and it was like four four dudes. Um, I think two of them are from the city, one's from Villa Park and one's from like Elmhurst or something like that. And they were going around uh, mostly killing sex workers, uh, female, all female, but they didn't really have like a, uh, they also killed some non-random, just random females out and about. So they didn't really have any sort of like type or person. They just took advantage of like easy opportunities. And uh, this part's going to be gross. So if you're not into uh, gross stuff, earmuffs, whatever they say, uh, they would do sort of ritualistic killings where they would cut off a breast of the person normally while they were alive, was part of their whole entire thing. And then they would later um, often have sexual intercourse with that wound, which is really odd. Um, and then they would take that breast that they amputated and they would uh, eat the flesh after uh, ejaculating on it. It was like their whole like sort of cult thing. And then they would do like weird chants. And they also blamed Satan for these crimes. And that, that took place in Chicago from like 81 to 82. So me growing up as a, as a, as a kid in Chicago... Um, a lot of the bodies were found in the, like the the forest preserve that surrounds Chicago. That's where they dumped a lot of the bodies. So like me growing up as a kid in Chicago through the '80s, it was always like, "Don't go to the woods. There's Satan worshippers in there." And it's mostly stemmed from these guys who are who are doing these crimes, who who claim they were like you know worshiping Satan, but they're just idiots who just wanted to rape and maim women, mostly. So, but they they blame Satan for it. So that's the Chicago Ripper crew. They did get caught. <laughs> yes, they did. Um, one of I think two of them were executed. I believe one of them one of them just got released, and then uh, the other one is still in jail. Um, which and also there's a, a Chicago baseball team which has decided to use the name Chicago Rippers, which I think is really tasteless and 
terrible idea. But you when know. you said it, I was like, it Ooh. sounds like a team name that you would never want to use. So yeah, there's there's a baseball team called the Chicago Rippers that I think they're a cool, minor cool, league baseball cool, team. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, and then actually a weird, a non non connected, connected but not intentionally connected. Uh, the the main guy from the Chicago Ripper crew, he worked at a uh, Gacy's uh, construction company. So just a little tidbit there. Yeah, one of the uh, I just looked up their names because I was like, I know that I have heard of one of them. For some reason, the only ones who's who the only one whose name I've ever actually heard uh, is Spritzer, mm-hmm. Edward Spritzer, and he's still in jail. Yeah, can't confirm. Yeah, so that's the Chicago connection. So that growing up for me, that was always like you know Satan's in the woods. We, I live near the Forest Reserve, so we used to go play in the Forest Reserves. Like you'd. You'd find like a you know a, an animal cage that was probably just someone just threw it in there because it's you know Chicago just throw your trash in the woods and it goes away. <laughs> We'd be like, oh, there was definitely Satanists here. They they killed an animal. Blah blah blah. You know, satanic panic. It was it was a thing. You and participated. Then, this is a firsthand account yeah, of satanic it's a, it's panic. You participated experience. in the panic. Um, and then you you know you also have uh the like you know heavy metal back masking like records playing backwards. Mm-hmm. Having medicines for Satan, so you know they go after uh, like Tipper Gore forms the um, the PMRC, but yeah, she she brought a bunch of musicians to come to like the Congress and speak before them. Like, there's awesome photos of like Twisted Sister, um, D. Snyder, like at Congress in a tank top, <laughs> talking about how he does not put satanic messages in his in his uh, his music. Uh, the Parents Music Resource Center, they're the, they're the reasons that you have uh, those uh, explicit warning labels on your records. That's all Tipper Gore's do kind of doing. Thank God, oh, man! All the jams I could have gone it gotten in if I had not known there was explicit content. Natalie, there comes a time in every episode where I need to talk to you about Iowa. Wait, is this a new segment? No, it's an ad for our sponsor, Raygun, who I love for being a wonderful business and for providing me with a regular excuse to bring up Iowa. As if you needed one, <laughs> right? Raygun is the greatest store in the universe hands down. They're headquartered in the greatest state in the universe. Okay, okay. They also have other locations, including one in the best city in the universe, Chicago. True. I guess you could say Raygun brings us together. Raygun kind of brings everyone together. True again. From home goods and paper products to their signature apparel, Raygun is all about good vibes, great laughs, and kind of just not being a shitty person. Yup. And they regularly collaborate with charities and special causes on special runs of products, and 15 to 30% of their net profits go to a variety of nonprofit organizations every year. And they sponsor this really dope history podcast I love. Right? So don't be a shitty person. Check them out at their stores across the Midwest or online at raygunsite.com. Use promo code SHARIALATER to save on your next order. That's that's happening. They're blaming rock and roll music for these these kids doing terrible crimes, and you know, but these crimes that never really factually ever really happened. But they're blaming heavy metal, and then you also start blaming uh you know Saturday morning cartoons start getting blamed. Like He Man got got dragged to the mud. You know, it's got that a sor- blows my mind. It's got a sorceress. You know, it's got you know Skeletor. Dark the dark arts are involved. You know, Dungeons and Dragons gets drawn dragged in there because you know wizards and black magic it's terrible satan and then at the and then kind of like like the big part of this is that this whole movement kind of like believe children became like a thing like no matter what a kid tells you to do it's factual truth 
You don't need to investigate it. Whatever children say. So there are two daycare centers. The bigger one was the McMartin Preschool Trial or McMartin Preschool in uh, California, in Manhattan Beach, California. It's kind of the big, big case. For a while, it was um, the longest running and most expensive trial of all time. I think it might have been surpassed recently, but I'm pretty sure it might still be standing. But basically, uh, this kid came home and uh, told the story to uh, his parent, and then they were like, oh, my God. They called the police and reported it, and then the police sent out this crazy letter like, hey, your kid might have been you know, molested at this school. Satan was involved. There was people, people were like, the kids were talking about, you know, teachers were flying and floating. They were wearing cloaks. It was just a graduation cloak, turned out to be, you know. Teachers, <laughs> teachers have those in their classrooms. Oh, oh no. my god, that takes that takes like high high school graduation yeah. when you saw your teachers who had master's degrees and like their fancier cloaks, and we would all be like, "You're a wizard." Uh, that takes that to a much darker place. Yeah. So the, this 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 McMartin preschool, um, all these teachers and the school gets kind of you know gets obviously gets goes out of business, shuts down. All these some of these people go to jail. All types of terrible things happen, and it's all based on uh, just kids kids testimony that that. I'm going to preface this now. A lot of these things, people who actually were charged with crimes who actually didn't do anything wrong that involves Satan are mostly um, from bad police work. So, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shocker. So, you know, they, they, the police are interviewing children w- without their parents or lawyers' presence, and they're being coerced into stories like, hey, like, did you play any, like, naked games? And the kids are like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, I played a naked game. Like, little kids, like, doesn't really, you know, it's a little kid. I, I, you should believe kids. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you should not believe children, but definitely do a little back research and look into what they're saying. Yeah. But also, if you throw a leading question at a kid, yeah, they're going to say, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, because kids are yeah, taught just... to agree with adults. Yeah, they they exactly. want to they want to please you and to give you the answer that you want. Yeah. So this McMartin thing happened, and they're they're blaming they're blaming Satan and you know sat- satanic cults. I this, don't understand uh, the whole believe children thing though, because these are the same people who just watched The Omen. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> ch- children are uh, you know they're they're innocent, so they only tell the truth. Unless they're literally the devil. <laughs> exactly. So this is where the uh, the whole term um, satanic ritual abuse kind of comes from this case and a couple other cases that like these cults are serialistically ab- abusing children and other people and doing their cult activities under the under like the hidden eyes of America. So that this stuff is happening and you don't know it's happening. It's, it could be in your neighborhood. It could be your next door neighbor. Watch out. Satan is out there. I guess it has historical precedence because historically speaking, most like witchcraft uh, or just things that people thought was satanic uh, did sometimes involve like child murder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the Mike Warnke who I mentioned earlier, which is odd that you know he writes this tell-all satanic book about how he, he. he ran a Satan witch's cult and like murdered people and murdered children. Never charged with the crime. They're like, oh, cool. You, you you confessed to it. You put it in a book. The fundamentalist said you're a clean, New York cool Times guy, bestseller. Yeah. You're uh, you're fair. Like you're, we're not going to charge you with any crimes. So you know, and he's, he's, uh, he's, I think I believe he still has a YouTube channel. Still to this day says that it all is all factual. All that's all been proved to be BS. He still says to this day that it's all real. It really happened. Yeah. Um, really, really committing to the bit. So then, also around the same time, um, 
this book called Michelle Remembers comes out. It's written by uh, this woman, Michelle Smith, and her uh, psychiatrist at the time named Lawrence Pazder. Yeah, P-A-Z-D-E-R. I could be saying that wrong. They're, uh, they're Canadians. And it's not a slight against Canadians, but they're, they're Canadians. And uh, they write this book, which has been since completely discredited, about repressed memories. And uh, she like has like satanic uh, ritual abuse happen to her. And she has all these, like, all these things start coming out. And then they get dumped into the date. Like the, also, the same time you have the rise of daytime television talk shows. So you get like Donahue, Oprah, Sally oh, Jesse. Oh, they eat this shit up. Yeah. Uh, what's what's the um, jackass with the with the mustache's name? Uh, Geraldo Rivera. Yeah. If you haven't, by the way, if you're looking for a very very fun watch, watch Geraldo's uh, Satanic Panic special. It's on. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube. It's it's a really good time. So all these daytime talk shows are looking for like just awesome headlines to like get people to watch their shows. So they're not really fact checking. So they start booking like Michelle the. The psychiatrist uh, Lawrence from the Michelle Remembers and Michelle start going hitting the talk show circuit as does Mike Warnke, and they're going on these shows and they're they're just spreading their crazy like rants about you know Satan and like you know saving America's soul and blah 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 blah. So like they're they're making uh, they're making the daytime talk show rounds and they're people are starting to believe this stuff and their people are buying into it, but no one's fact checking anything or looking looking any further into it. So this is how this panic is born. So you know your next door neighbor who like this actually did happen to me. You're, you're, you're the cool skateboarding kid on the block who reads Fangoria, which is a horror film magazine. You, uh, you're not allowed to play with certain kids on your block anymore. Oh, <laughs> oh baby Jason. <laughs> I liked Iron Maidens, Black Sabbath. It was, you know, fun, solid music as a kid. I went to a Catholic school and one of the like super, super Catholic families who had like 12 kids and all of them were named after the apostles. Um, they wouldn't let them read Harry Potter. Because there were witches in it. Oh, yeah. And it's... witches had to do with the devil. And I was like, but you didn't read it because Harry Potter is about, like, friendship uh, and the power of good. It's about, there's a lot of, like, anti racism shit in there. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, good thematic stuff. I'm not talking good today, but <laughs> it has nothing to do with Satan worship. Yeah. And little did those people th think that, uh, you know, it was all about Satan. Didn't realize that J.K. Rowling's on their side. So it's cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> she turned out to be a terrible person. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I do love, I love that because it's like, we all defended this book and it's all, and it's like, you can still love the books. You mm -hmm. just have to acknowledge that the author maybe didn't mean all those really good messages. Well, you guys, you, you guys didn't know the uh, the books came down. They descended from the heavens on golden plates. There was no author yeah. um, to Harry Potter. They just appeared uh, authorless, and so we can appreciate them purely. The the just lords of disassociate. the lords of Scholastic were worshiping the devil, and they brought down these books. <laughs> Yes, yes. Which, which which saved the printing industry for a few years and forced saved... me to work until midnight. I was going to say, save, definitely saved uh, Barnes & Noble for a few years. <laughs> I, I worked at an independent bookstore all through high school and most of college, and I had to work all the late nights to like midnight for people to buy Harry Potter. And be like, people were like, are you having a good time? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm in a bookstore. I'm 17. I want to be out drinking, and I'm, I'm here selling a book to you, 40-year-old <laughs> sir. <laughs> Fond memories of the midnight releases of all those books. Mm -hmm. Fond, fond memories. 
So yeah, yeah, you have the the daytime talk show circuits going crazy with all this, you know, satanic stuff. You have all uh, best-selling books, and then you yeah. So it just becomes a whole entire thing. And then like most weird fads in America, eventually someone's like, hey, let's fact check, and uh, facts come to light, and they're like, oh, this is all just made up BS. And then it kind of just goes away until it reappears, and then someone goes into a pizza parlor because it's a child uh, pedophile ring and kills all those people, you know. That's where we are now. <laughs> We're going back into the satanic panic once again. Because Satan's a fun evil that we can always fight against. <sighs> as you, as you, you mentioned the Salem witch trials, which was predominantly, you know, women took the brunt of that. So you have uh, this, the preschool thing. You have, you know, women are starting to go back into the workforce. So you have a lot of, like, at-home kids who are, you know, the term lashkey kids was very popular in that time, who are going to daycare. Both parents are at home working. So uh, once again, they, they start to, like... Women have power again, and they're starting being like, oh no, Satan's involved. We can't have women doing things. So that's kind of like the Salem Witch Trials all over again. So a lot of these preschool teachers were, were women, and that sort of, you know, that, that that's kind of a, another part of the satanic panic was uh, taking away. Also, you know, Roe v. Wade was uh, around the same time. This is all kind of all falls under the same fold as uh, Satan. Satan works in mysterious ways, y'all. <laughs> yeah. That's the saying, right? Yeah, and I, I guess I should also mention um, that around the same time to you of uh, the the Church of Satan and Anton Lavey, who flat out if you read if you ever read the, his uh, Satanic Bible that he wrote, he flat out says that he does not believe in Satan whatsoever. It's all performance art, and the, his whole message is kind of like, just do you, have a good time, and don't hurt others. And uh, I was I was about to ask, like, what do you know about Satanism, the actual cult, and like Church of and religious practices? Yeah. Um, I am, I am, I am technically a card. I actually do have a card. I'm a card carrying member of the, the satanic temple, which is, <laughs> yes. which, which, which is mostly just an organization that wants free speech and people to have rights to do what they want to do and make your own choice and decision it has nothing to do with, uh, the physical embodiment of a statement. They don't believe in Satan because most of them are atheists. So in, in order to believe in Satan, you have to believe in God. So those two don't go, you can't believe in one and not mm. the other. They go together hand in hand. <laughs> it's kind of like me. Uh, I love ghost shows. Like I love watching Zach Baggins hunt ghosts, but I'm 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 <laughs> mostly an atheist, so it's hard to believe in ghosts. But I love watching ghost shows. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so yeah, the Church of Satan kind of comes around the same time, and like all, all these Hollywood celebrities are hanging out, going to, to parties with him, because you know he's doing weird performance art. He's got like naked people, they're you know, quote unquote drinking blood, and they're just having fun Hollywood parties, and it's like a good time. So uh, yeah, but people just assume. Oh, it's called the you know satanic cult. Or it's called the Church of Satan. Satan's definitely involved, but most of the people involved in there don't believe in a deity that is Satan. So Satanism doesn't actually involve Satan itself. It's all about just kind of like having your own free choice and free will and taking care of yourself and taking care of others and don't harm others. Um, I believe I believe the term for people who believe in the actual physical like worship of the devil is called uh, Lucif Lucifer Luciferism, I think, as in Lucifer. And some of those people just really believe in Tom Ellis. <laughs> That's the actor who plays Lucifer. Oh, I was like, wait, that sounds familiar. Satanism has never been like, like it's a contemporary quote unquote religion. Mm -hmm. uh, all satanic like practices of like, ooh, creepy medieval stuff. Like that was just the Catholic church saying you're a heretic for whatever reason. And again, throwing satanic panic on it. And that anything organized is more contemporary isn't it uh as far as i know as a unexpert expert on a podcast yes that is correct <laughs> and the, and yeah there's a there was a bunch of like i feel like there was 
during a lot of the Trump protests, like funny, like satanic Church of Satan groups like join protests and they're like, we're from the Church of Satan and we are totally against Trump or whatever. Like, I don't know. There was a lot of funny stuff, but that their actual practices are either, yeah, performance art or it's about mm -hmm. do no harm. Yeah, it's all, it's almost all of it's about do no harm and just being, being nice to people. And, and it's also just about like, you know, they do a lot of free speech stuff. So, you know, like, the Ten Commandments and the, that you know, they have a giant statue of the Ten Commandments. So they're like, "Cool, you guys can totally have your statue, but we want to put up this church, this uh, this statue of Baphomet." And you know, mm -hmm. so yeah. if you want, if you, if you want to have religious freedom, you got to have both sides. That's kind of their whole entire thing. Is kind of being like having both sides of the coin. Well, because um, uh, to that to that point, in the last couple months, with all with like the Texas abortion law and everything, the Satanic Temple has been pushing back against that. Mm -hmm. citing quote-unquote like abortion rituals as uh parts of their religion and being yeah like, well it's freedom exception. of religion guys <laughs> one of the satanic temple's seven tenets includes a belief that one's body is subject to one's own will alone mm -hmm. so get behind satan yep take the wheel satan yeah <laughs> is it because most satanists are atheists that they're you know, they don't believe in the physical embodiment of Satan, but it's almost that, yes, performative against God because it is atheism. Ooh, that's a deep I, I don't think right that there. made sense the way I said that. I think I think it made sense. Because I'm an atheist and I could very much see it. I'm like a I'm like an angry ex-Catholic. So I could totally see be like, yeah, fucking Satan, just to piss off all the kind of hypocritical tenets of Christianity of how that's supposed to be about love and it's so much about exclusion yeah i mean definitely the, like the the satanic temple um make sure i get that right it's, yeah the satanic temple which is the current embodiment which is they're based in salem like you know their baphomet statue is like you know it's baphomet and there's two children sitting on his lap like having a nice time just hanging <laughs> hanging out with their their non-creepy uncle and uh and that that's that was literally like they picked the name just to be like because it, it's it, it, right, right up front, it's like it bashes people in the face who are like, what is this all about? And then they have to look deeper into the issue and kind of like look into it. So that's just the whole entire point mm -hmm. of it all. I think it's like it's also I don't I mean, I don't know if to your question, Cass, if the majority of card carrying members are are atheists, but a, it seems like a core purpose of it or at least in recent history has been to use their status as the satanic temple to highlight some of the weird fucked up loopholes that mm -hmm. religious institutions get mm -hmm. uh and then also to use those for good mm -hmm. use them for yeah. evil for good <laughs> if you're gonna uh shop on the evil that is amazon.com you can uh <laughs> you can use amazon smile and make and set the church of satan as your donation for all your sales that you make to amazon so they get money from you seriously oh my yeah, God. yeah they're 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 uh they're, they're a 401 non-for-profit so you can you can set them as your uh your amazon smile charity that. can we get sponsored by the <laughs> church of satan <laughs> i would i would love i would love to roll into like my next major family event like just show up to easter and be like, oh, they're like, oh, Natalie, you have a podcast? Yeah, we got a couple of new sponsors. Church of Satan. No big deal. I'm sponsored by <laughs> Satan himself. Yeah. Insert ad. 
Insert ad break here. <laughs> Cass, we have to take an ad break. Fair enough. But we're a history podcast, so we have to infuse this interlude with some tasty, tasty facts. Okay. Oh, tasty facts. Like brewing beer using hops became a standard practice as a result of early drug laws in Bohemia. Ah, yes. The Reinheitsgebot Law of 1560. I remember it well. Now that hops are no longer a legally required ingredient in beer, welcome to the future, our friends at Herbiary have taken it upon themselves to release your taste buds from the cages of convention. They've experimented with over 200 different herbs and botanicals, building on the rich tradition and fermented folklore of hop-free brewing. Learn more about their delicious section of brews and where to find them at herbiary.com. <laughs> For our new Satan sponsorship. I'm into it. I'm into it. When did um, like that satanic panic kind of like end? Uh, so it kind of did it just evolve? Yeah, when panic kinda... at the disco. To <laughs> fame. Hello. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of fades out in the the nineties when uh, yeah, I think sort of Richard Ramirez is kind of like the end of it all. Like he's been you know locked up and put away, and then people just kind of you know. The usual American way is that we kind of just like, oh, yeah, remember that thing we did that was insane? Yeah, let's just forget about that and keep it going. <laughs> and also, I think, like, as I said, like, more and more things were started becoming fact-checked and where people were just like, oh, this is complete BS. Like, this is not a real thing. And then all the uh, the evangelical people who were kind of, like, pushing against it all just kind of pivoted and changed. Like, oh, this is no longer bringing us any more followers or any more money. So let's find a new demon to chase after. And they just pivot and find something else to go after. Yeah, like Jerry Fall, like Jerry Falwell, who's the Westboro, whatever, whatever that stupid freaking church is oh, called. Yeah. Those guys, like he just he went went from Satan to like cool. No one's scared of Satan anymore. That's not a thing. Let's just go after the gays. So you know they just change their focus there and started protesting all their events. Yeah, it's it's wild because I feel like the satanic panic was. Tie has ties to things that did actually happen. Mm -hmm. Like I remember hearing it mentioned, and I think Cass, maybe you brought it up when we talked about this on the podcast. But it has like being mentioned in conjunction with Project Project MK Ultra, and it's like Project MK Ultra, a thing that sounds impossibly ridiculous, but happened. So that sort of like, I guess, if if we're believing in things, if we're believing that like this level of coercion and uh, mind control is out there, then or attempts at it mm -hmm. are out there, then who would who would excel at it more than the devil himself? <laughs> yeah, and I guess I also around the run towards the, the towards the, the early nineties, like. You have the the West Memphis Three, which are those three kids who got charged with. Uh, they they served like, I think they just got out of jail not too long ago, but they went went to jail for committing uh, a triple murder, and they the the police and the the town in uh in Memphis West Memphis, uh, blame them for the murders, and uh, they have one confession which was a Corex confession. He was separated. He uh, I believe I believe that person was uh mentally slower than the other two. So they got a confession. So they used his confession to convict the, all three of them for these murders. But there's actual no real factual evidence against them. And then they they the one kid listened to Metallica. That's their that's their Satan choice of music was Metallica, which is a uh, you know 
the guy the guy sings about how he hates his dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not Satan, but whatever. It's cool. So yeah, they listen to Metallica and they you know they grew up in uh, Memphis, West Memphis. So you know it's got to be the devil's work. And they actually those those three actually got freed. Um, not through the Innocence Project, but like HBO put out a series of documentaries, right, which I suggest watching. They're really great. I think they're called uh, uh, Par- Paradise Lost. That is the name of the documentary. It's a three-part documentary. So yeah, HBO made this documentary, and uh, actually Metallica gave them the, like, the the documentary, their music for free. Like, hey, you can use our music for free, which Metallica Since does not do. our music got us, uh, yeah. got you arrested, apparently, or got you. Um, so yeah, so, the, so the, this documentary came out, and then these, these kids got exonerated. They got let go, but they, you know, they definitely served like 20 years in jail. But, but yeah, I'll... like at that point, like, what's, ugh. yes, yeah. I don't want to be in prison anymore, but like, fuck, guys, I was here for 20 years. Come on. Yeah. But I mean, That's imagine bullshit. imagine going to jail for a murder because you listened to Metallica and played Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> one time. Yeah, you know, if you ever are about to wrongfully get convicted for something, don't delete your browser history. Just go to your Spotify and delete all of your playlists because they're going to use your music against you. Oh, man. Cass, what's, <laughs> what Spotify playlist do you have that's going to get you in trouble? And I want it to be I want it to be based on the name of the playlist. Oh, Jason, how about you? Because I know I know you've got a lot of playlists. You know what's weird is I'm, I'm I don't use Spotify a whole lot. Well, like, then I, like Apple Music or whatever you use. I just I just listen to actual albums, but you know. I mean, we uh, can see them in the background. Yeah, uh, early before when I was coming commuting home to get to get to this podcast, I was listening to Horror, which is uh, spelled H O nine nine O nine, which you know. <laughs> You're in danger. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what would get me in more trouble. Uh, my playlist that's just called It Fucks um, <laughs> that I'm still working on. Please write in. It is exclusively for songs that are literally about doing it. Um, or a recent <laughs> playlist called Daddy's Favorite. <laughs> I did I did see a playlist over this past weekend or two weekends ago that was called Songs Not to Fuck To. And... Uh, I, <laughs> It, it definitely. I'm definitely gonna like, need that playlist. It was like it was like Cotton Eye Joe was on there. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> the Star Wars Cantina song was on there, which I think you can I fuck mean, to the Star Wars. That's a can, banging song. Yeah, it's got a good rhythm to it. Yeah. Okay, I've got my "You're Going to Jail" cast delete this album playlist. It's called "The First Cut Is the Deepest." <laughs> And oh. that's when I got my ACL surgery and I told everyone I made a collaborative playlist. And I was like, everyone, throw on your ACL, your surgery, puns. I also have a playlist that's just for no for literally no reason titled Acapella Boner. Hmm. It's all acapella music. Is Cups on there? That's the only acapella song I think I've talked about right now. It isn't. It isn't because this playlist predates Pitch Perfect, so it's okay. got a lot of straight note chaser on there. Oh my God, you guys! Some Rockapella, <laughs> the other guys from U of I, the extension chords spelled with an X, and chords is spelled the musical way. My this love is- of acapella music is going to send me to jail. You guys ready for some uh, ACL surgery playlist songs? I am. So the first cut is the deepest. I put that one on. Sexual healing, stitches, torn, uh, knife, 
Knives Out, Hospital Beds, I Can't Dance, The Song of the One, what is this? The Song of the One-Legged Chicken. I don't know what the fuck that is. Bionic Woman. Yeah, that got that got hurtful at a certain point. People were just making me feel bad. <laughs> I know that I I know that I wrote in a suggestion and now I can't remember which was mine. Torn feels very on brand for me. <laughs> Uh, this this just this just reminded me. Um, while we're doing Spotify playlist. Uh, I mentioned the PMRC earlier, which was yeah. like Tip, Tipper Gore. It was Tipper Gore and uh, who are the other members in the PMRC? Uh, Tipper Gore, uh, Susan Baker, the wife of James Baker, and then uh, Pam Howar, the, the three founders of the PMRC, which was the the Parents Music Resource Center, and they made a list of fifteen the fifteen most objectionable songs. And here are those fifteen songs. Uh, Hit number me one. With it. Number one, Darling Nikki by Prince. Number two is Sugar Walls by Sheena Easton. Number three is Eat Me Alive by Judas Priest. Number four is Strap On, Robbie Baby by Vanity. So so far we have two. So far we have uh, three three Prince related artists. Yeah. Uh, ba- Bastard by Motley Crue. Let me put my love into you by ACDC. We're not gonna take it. Twisted Sister. Uh, Dress you up by Madonna. Animal, aka Fuck Like a Beast by Wasp. High and Dry by Def Leppard, Into the Coven by Mercy, Mercyful Fate, Trash by Black Sabbath, In My House by Mary Jane Girls, Possessed by Venom, and then this is my favorite one because it's you're gonna be like what the hell, uh, She Bop by Cyndi Lauper. What? You know, <laughs> you don't, you don't want to have girls masturbating. It's a, you know. That's it's, true. It's, it's the devil's business. Oh my, oh my gosh. God. I love that. You guys, I have a I have a a fun follow-up topic. Uh super bright and shiny. Uh but it's a it's about another panic that took place. So, is it at the disco? Or is it manic panic? Oh, no, it's not. It's not either of those. Um I'm going to Jason, you started dark. I'm going to keep things dark. Uh I'm going to tell you about the British Pet Massacre. No. Oh, no. <laughs> but what if you didn't? And we just said that you did. <laughs> um, I almost did this for a season opener and was like, that's no. no you yeah. can't. No. No. But in the spirit of panic um, and sadness, I don't know. Uh, 1939, when... World War II, uh, war was just declared. Britain took a national air raid precautions. Uh, they were rationing. They were, you know, you had to know what to do if, if there was an air raid, if there were bombings, you know, the tunnels were all what's he doodle But a lot of people had pets. And since they were rationing, they were worried that people would either share the rations with their pets or not feed their pets in their pets would starve because of the lack of food. So, in 1939, the British government formed the National Air Raid Precautions Animal Committee, and they basically set out sent out a pamphlet to people that said you should euthanize your pets. And so people like went out in this pamphlet there was a picture of a gun and it had it's like this is the most uh, humane way to kill your dog and I I don't know if it was a like one of those air pressurized ones like the dude used in No Country for Old Men or if it was an actual gun. Um, 
people started flocking to vet hospitals. Veterinarians were very against this. They were like, this is not necessary. Uh, in the end, there was an estimated 750,000 pets were killed over the course of this raid precautionary measure. Um, and then after that initial fear and panic, everyone was kind of like feeling super shitty and they blamed the government for starting this hysteria. And I don't think it like, I don't think it lasted throughout the whole war. You know, I think it was just like right at the beginning, everyone's like, y'all shit's going to get really bad. Like we're not going to be able to eat, kill your pets. It's just a nice thing to do. And everyone did it right away. Like it was this mass influx. And then they all immediately regretted it and were yeah in the dark during air raids, terrified and without any comfort animal. <laughs> exactly. Um, Battersea Dogs and Cats Home, uh, they were a shelter there against the trend. Um, they were, they managed to feed and care for 145,000 dogs during the course of the war. Wow. They provided a field in Ilford as a pet cemetery where about 500,000 animals were buried from the first week of the war. 500,000. Oh, uh, no. I didn't like any of this story. I hate it. No. Cass, I hate you. Know you. What? you know who I want to hang out with now? Satanists. Not these fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Satanists have a good parties and fruit punch. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Great shoes. Like, let's go, let's go party and have an orgy and just be nice to each other. Um, no, this was a, this was a horrible topic that i stumbled upon and i was like i need to use this for something and it i it's i'm gonna keep it brief because obviously it's um it's not nice but when we were talking about panic i'm like this is panicky yeah this is a this, <laughs> this is, is the, the worst topic panic. i've ever brought i thought oh man no i'm glad we didn't start the season with this cast good call <laughs> good call yeah yeah like i i knew that was not the right choice but like a lot of people went to vets and they like professionally euthanized but there were there were pamphlets sent out by the british government that told people to shoot their dogs Ugh. and like i want to know somebody fire like, that graphic designer <laughs> i don't love Just how silence. <laughs> i don't love how like oh. um innocent the committee sounds the mm -hmm. national air raid precautions animals committee i don't yeah i don't like that i don't like any of this i don't like you anymore Cass. <laughs> <laughs> i just um i'm super regretting this i oh i did i did not know about this i did learn something today so that is uh my fact for the day so thanks this for that makes me this makes me think of Cass the when we talked about um, oh god Pope Gregory nine if I'm gonna pull a number out of my ass I think it was nine yeah uh, with the black cat panic basically of just yeah. like oh uh, black cats are responsible for the plague everybody do a big cat Didn't murder they say they were the devil too yeah. So uh, black cats historically are the cats that miss, go missing the most during Halloween. Mm -hmm. 
um, because people blame them for satanic activities. So that's another reason I'm glad you didn't do this topic for the season opener because it was our Halloween episode and there's already a lot of flack on on animals. Yeah. So back to the satanic panic and stuff. Black cats are. They're also statistically uh, the least likely to get adopted. All black cats and all white cats for some reason. Mm hmm. And then, so to rope this all back around, as I mentioned in the very beginning, history repeats itself. You, if you look at the the fun, I guess I guess you can call it a right wing conspiracy, but like QAnon, most of their foundations are all based on uh, satanic regression stuff and uh, Satan and pedophilia. So we're uh, bringing the, bringing that old satanic panic back. Well, and the satanic panic was just a re was just a rehash of the witch trials. Mm-hmm. We're so just on of, a hamster wheel, we're guys. Just, we're, we're just we're just shortening the gaps in between how long it takes us to get there, but we're just yeah. getting there faster. Well, and and again, Satanism was never an official religion. It's contemporary. Most of a lot of foundations of Satanism is is pagan rituals, which is very yeah. like uh, celebrating the earth, nature, the body. which people then turn into yeah. a cult, the body. So summer of love, you know, hippies getting into crystals and astrology and like, let's just explore our body and nature. And they're like, now nah, we're done with this. Let's shut that shit down, hippies. Mm-hmm. We're turning your paganism. We're calling it Satanism and we're locking it down. Um, Jason, something that I don't know if you know about, but I will direct uh, listeners to episode two of Under the Kilt, our, uh, our, our sister podcast mm-hmm. the, in the 80s in the UK, they had the Obscene Publications Act. Yes. And so that was basically the, was basically Satanic Panic, same, same basis of, of stuff towards basically VHSs, which mm-hmm. at that point were mostly like B movies, um, so and the video recordings act. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I think the 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 generic term is video nasties list. Yep, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the video nasties. <laughs> I know direct to VHS was invented by the devil. So. Yeah, of it course. Was. Straight to DVD is satanic. <laughs> it gets in, it gets into your VCR and then gets into your child's mind. And then your child <laughs> is going to tell you that you, their teacher was floating. Yeah, or your child will murder you in your sleep. Because your child is actually the devil. You heard it here first, guys. Your child's the devil. <laughs> Don't fact check that. Just um, just believe hey, us. Look out. We're, we're not fact checking in the first place, so why, why, why start now? Why start now? <laughs> um, uh, Jason, as a film lover, mm-hmm. I have a question for you we have been kind of casting some of the roles of some of the topics that have come up. So if you were to make a movie and let's say Mike Warnicky is mm-hmm. in it, who would you cast as Mike oh, Warnicky? To- I totally have the perfect person, but I'm blanking on their name. So, um, da, 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 da. Danny McBride. Would be oh my perfect, God. Yes. He'd be a perfect Mike Warnicky. Um, I, Oh my god, I hadn't even been thinking about sp- I mean it makes sense to spin that also as a comedy and I know that Danny McBride can actually like yeah. be a dramatic actor, but now I want there to basically be 
in yeah. that same cinematic universe. I think Danny McBride would be an awesome Mike Warren key because he could he could definitely pull off like the southern drawl kind of. The, the, listening, if you go back and listen to some of Mike Warren key's recordings, like his stand up stuff, it's it's all terrible. He, it's as I said, it's like it's very Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy, like you know, like why do they call it minute rice when it takes more than a minute? Like those, like that's the kind of jokes he's telling. <laughs> If you spent a lot of time in your youth worshiping the devil and doing murder, you might yeah. be a Satanist. Yeah. <laughs> Not my best work, but definitely but, Mike Warnke's best work. Yeah. <laughs> and as I said, he still currently has a YouTube channel and he does still talk and speak. So he's oh, got boy. that going for him. Oh, boy. Wow. Uh, once you get past the 14 non-skippable ads on YouTube. Thanks a lot, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I you know I was going to ask you to cast other roles but we're I don't think we're going to top Danny McBride as Michael Warnke. I no. just love Perfection. the idea. It's it's the most perfect casting I think <laughs> I've ever heard. All right. Nailed. I I'm I'm delighted by the very thought of it and I'm going to tell my partner about it the second we <laughs> finish this podcast cuz he loves Danny McBride. As he as he should. <laughs> He's a hero. Um, I'm going to throw this out. Anyone in podcast line, if you have a copy of Michelle Remembers or uh, Satan Seller, let me know. Because I'm not going to pay the out- outlandish price that they sell for now on, on uh, eBay and Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a fun game that I now play every time I go to a used bookstore. I'm just going to be like, excuse, excuse me, yes. Um, can you help me find something? I'm looking for Satan. Wait, is it Satanic Seller? The Satanic Seller, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking for the Satanic Seller. They're probably gonna, they're, they're gonna be like, we have Michelle one behind the counter here. Michelle remembers goes, goes for like in hardcover goes for like five hundred dollars. That yeah. sounds like a uh, oh, that sounds like bit inflation. That enough for people TV bought it. Movies. It does like a uh, lifetime uh, movie. There's probably lifetime movie. I know. Um, there's there's definitely got to be a terrible movie based on like a like a you know ABC after school special movie. Oh yeah. Oh, 100%. If you were, fine, if you were to cast Michelle Smith. That's a good one. I can see, I can see that being like a solid Anne Hathaway kind of character. I can see that working well with Anne Hathaway. Ooh, interesting. Yes. Anne Hathaway is a treasure for playing characters. I love Anne Hathaway playing a character that we are not supposed to like because she knows that we all love to hate Anne Hathaway. And she's embraced it in many of her roles. Like, mm-hmm. Ocean's Eight, what a goddamn delight of a of a role for her. And I think she said in an interview, like, people love to hate me, so it worked. It worked out. Cass, there is no role that I want you to cast in the British Pet Massacre. I would like to forget that it ever happened yeah. uh, and that we ever shared this moment together. So no... I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No film contract for you. Yeah. I needed to get it off my chest. I'm sorry. This was a horrible discovery of mine that I'm sharing with the world. Because sometimes horrible discoveries get made. Soon. And um, I need, listeners, I need you to help me carry this burden. <laughs> Soon to be a Pixar film featuring no. a thick, a thick no. mom. <laughs> A mom with an absolute dump truck of an ass. (laughs) Really, the most efficient way to murder your pets is for your mom's thick ass to sit on them. (laughs) Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned.
What were all those like really <laughs> terrible animated films like, like the like the Lost Toaster and all those films? That that company could probably make oh, a. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you just refer to the Brave Little Toaster as oh, a shit. horrible film? I mean, not not that that's terrible, but I'm saying it's a, a lesser lesser it's studio. Devastating. Yeah, exactly. Studio. Devastating. Also, has anyone seen Rockadoodle at a Halloween party? I may have asked at least seven people if they'd ever seen Rockadoodle. I don't remember Rockadoodle. No one seen Rockadoodle. Also, also devastating. Also devastating. Is that, that looks like it's probably the same animation company. Uh, that's why I thought of it. I don't know if they yeah. are, but they look. They have a very similar look. Great. Okay, I will forgive Don you. Don Bluth. Yeah, this is Don, Don Bluth. Bluth can do anything scary sad creepy eerie so oh, he, yeah. could, he could make a weird like sort of pet murder world war ii like about two adorable dogs and like a, a chicken who escape and, and i like, i feel like get, we would allow it they get on a boat and go to america and then they become fival I remember watching. I remember watching American Story. That's what it's called, right? American Story. As a as a kid, and then yeah, getting older and re rewatching and being like, oh, this is an immigration story. I totally admit it was over my head. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. I missed all the Judaica stuff in this movie that didn't relate to me as a as an eight year old. The cats are all Nazis. Yeah. Yes. I, I missed all of this when I was a kid. Just like rewatching Dirty Dancing when you become older. Like, oh, there was an abortion yeah. storyline in this movie. I thought yeah. it was fun yeah, dancing. That Really took me by surprise when I watched it again. Rewatching Flowers in the Attic, you're like, oh, they're doing terrible things in the attic. That shouldn't have happened. Yep. Oh my god, I'm going to be stuck on this Don Bluth <laughs> British Pet Massacre escape story for a while. I have to chew on this. So we are going to have nightmares, but not because of all the Satanism. No, I'm yeah, going to have I've... animated nightmares. Uh, I left and most it's... of the... <laughs> I left all the terrible, like, made-up gory stories out of there because it involves a lot of, you know, other than the, the Chicago Ripper thing, which really did happen. Mm -hmm. But uh, the other, like, made-up stories was a lot of, like, you know, pedophilia and that kind of stuff. So, you know. You did give some pretty gruesome details there, and it's still nowhere near just my quick overview of mm -hmm. yeah. my story. Cass so. got right in there and stabbed us directly in the heart and it was twisted the... it. You brought up a bolt gun. I didn't think that was going to happen today. Yeah. I'm going to go bolt cry and hug my puppy. <laughs> yeah, let's all go cry and hug our puppies. Jason, I'm so sorry for what Cass has done to you today. <laughs> but I'm very grateful that you joined us for the podcast. Uh, I can tell everyone how to find you on the internet cause, so that they can see all the wonderful memes. Truly... <laughs> There are a few people who I go out of my way to like watch their stories, and if I'm having like a long day, I'll be like, "I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look at Jason's Instagram story oh, and you. just smile." Uh, Jason's at DJ Intel on the things. That's also, true. you are that is that's your DJ name. So, listeners who are local, if you see that DJ Intel is playing a show, that's that's our that's our boy. Yeah, pop, pop on in and say hello. Yeah, you can. Uh, I'm at DJ Intel on the socials, and then uh, the DJIntel.com is the website, so you can find me that way. I love consistency. Uh, listeners, I'm gonna post some uh, photos, not of. God, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. 
going to post a picture of NARPAC's pamphlet about the air raids. And the, I'm going to post a picture of the pamphlet, but I'm not going to like it. And you I'm know, gonna... Natalie, I can just cut around it. I'll just, let's just take that out of that <laughs> No, episode. because no one, and then everyone please, will be like, please. why do they sound so sad at the end of this episode? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so weird. Uh, but other, other less awful, but still awful, because there's probably going to be a picture of Richard Ramirez in there. Uh, photos on the social media, visual aids will be in the doobly-doo, but also at SharedPod and Instagram and Twitter. Um, tell us, DM us and tell us how cast were in your day. And then also <laughs> send us any questions, corrections, suggestions, or please to cast to never do this to us again to shared history podcast at gmail.com. I will never forgive I'm you. I'm sorry. I will never be the same. I'm sorry to everyone. If it's a, if it brightens your day, I can tell you that Rockadoodle is available to watch for free on Tubi. Stop it! It does brighten my day. There are so many people. <laughs> Except for it also doesn't because that movie is, makes me cry a lot. Uh, it is kind of scary. Yeah, it scares me and then I cry. Uh, <laughs> uh, some of the movies that I think of and I think of as the scariest movies are I have like visceral like, oh, I can't watch that. It's too scary. Reactions to are animated and I don't know how I feel about that. But Rockadool and Brave Little Toaster are definitely on there. The and... Last Unicorn oh and I also a troll in central park mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of uh, these terrifying land before time all of them the rat the secret the rats of nim always oh yeah yeah I, last night i did watch the muppets christmas carol and then i followed it up with the hey arnold christmas special and <gasps> I, I cried i cried a lot <laughs> i love muppets christmas carol and muppet treasure island i love them i love hey arnold and I yeah. remember that episode now that yeah. I think about it. It involves like the Vietnam War. I didn't expect that to come out of nowhere, but it did. Oh Wait, isn't it about they like the dad finds his daughter again? Yeah. Oh my like, god, that was he, so he, like, sad. He, he, he flees a undisclosed Asian country and then gives his daughter to like she's like a you know, newborn baby to a, a soldier on a helicopter. And the hel- he like yells out a city, and then the dad never finds his daughter for like you know thirty, forty years, and then. They set out that they make that their Christmas mission to find this lost daughter, and it's it pulled. It, I was not expecting to cry to Hey Arnold, but here I was at like midnight last night, crying to Hey Arnold. <laughs> We've hey, all been there. Arnold Scott Hart. That football uh, head does it every time. Uh, <laughs> well, now that our hearts are full but also broken, uh, we will we will leave you on that note. Until next time, share, share you later. later. Broadsheet Radio.